everyone. It's Holly. And Daniel. And this is episode 24 of Halfway Saints. Yay. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. First of all, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're a little slow to get started here. <laughs> slow in general. <laughs> yes, I am a little sleepy. We'll be honest. We had we had a, an adventurous weekend. It's true. We drove down to Northern Virginia for um, my younger brother's baseball tournament. So we had a lot of driving. It wasn't too far drive, but... With a the baby, dri- it's still pretty exhausting. Right. It was a lot of driving over two days, but it was fun. It was good to see our family and see some... Uh, Little League Baseball. (laughs) Those 11-year-olds really know how to play baseball. They're much better than I was ever at any sport. (laughs) (laughs) You were good at soccer. That was okay. Whatever. But it was very fun to see our family, and Jack had a blast. And every time that we would cheer or yell for uh, Daniel's younger younger brother, Jacob, uh, Jack would just shout, Nonsense. He would just yell. He just figured everyone else was yelling, so it was his turn to yell. So he would just yell as loud <laughs> as he could. So, so he had fun. It was hilarious. Yeah. So we're ready to go. A little sleepy, but we're ready to go. Yes, we are. Um, before before we start recording, I don't know why, but I remember this uh, story about Holly. She's giving me a look right now because I didn't tell her what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but we were at um, a pet store. It was like PetSmart or some big pet store. Oh, gosh. What? I know what you're <laughs> But we were, I was looking at like the birds or the gerbils or something, and Holly was over near the, the reptiles. <laughs> she just like had her face like pushed up <laughs> all the way up to one of the cages and was just like staring at something. And I walked over there, and it was like a snake terrarium. And I was like... <laughs> Holly, what are you looking at so closely? And all she said was, how does it move? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense how snakes move. They move their muscles. They, like, wriggle. But they move so well. I know, because they... And how can they, they like, go know. up walls? I mean, like, only from the bait, like, only from a floor. <laughs> they, they, like, they go up a wall. They, just they like, can't, like, stick, but they can, like, hold their head. Just the same way if you laid on your back, you could lift your chin up a little bit. Like, you could, if your muscles bent that way. Like, you can lay on your back and lean up and sit up. The snake can do that because it has different muscles. But he can, like, wrap around stuff. Yeah. It's, it just didn't make any sense <laughs> Okay. Obviously, she's still struggling to... Well, watching that snake, snake for ten minutes didn't <laughs> didn't really show me anything. Have you ever seen the like flying snakes? They're like their skin is like a little wider, like so it makes kind of like little wings, and they like live up in trees. And they'll you are I'm not, not, I'm not you are making this I'm not up. making it up. And they'll like throw themselves out of the trees and like glide over to the next tree. I, look it up. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's terrifying. They live in, like, South America or something, so I don't think you need to worry about them. That still makes no sense. <laughs> well, you yeah. just brought new nightmares into my life. No, snake. I don't have to worry about snakes. We I did see have... the big snake by the creek, though, a while ago. We've seen two snakes by that creek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm excited for when Jack is old enough, he's going to be, like, really into snakes or reptiles. Or... I was, like, really into frogs. Yeah, frogs are, like, you don't want him bringing it. A snake home. Oh no, but he would he would like be excited to see one. I hope not. I don't think he's I hope gonna bring run one the other home. direction. You can we were excited to see it. Yeah, because we're adults, we know not to pick it up. He he would know not to pick it up. I don't I hope. He, he's gonna him, have to do some research before we actually let him go see a snake. We will give him a healthy fear of snakes, but <laughs> okay. also a healthy respect for them. Yeah. We will like while he's sleeping, like throw snakes on him and no. then say, But not all snakes are bad. So he learns to know the difference. Only flying snakes. <laughs> Only flying <laughs> snakes. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> now we got that over with. <clears throat> um, this week I kind of came to a hard realization, but a very good one that I wanted to share with you guys because I thought that it was good in the end. Um, so we've talked in, I think, our NFP podcast. What do we call that one? I always forget. Uh, the Fruit, fruit of, marriage. of Marriage. I remembered before Daniel told me. <laughs> Today we were watching a TV show. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a monster <laughs> chasing a woman. And, like, she, like, went into some kind of room and, like, was trying to, like, fix the lights and, like, I knew it was going to pop out at her, but I couldn't say it in time. And as soon as it happened, I was like, one of those things is going to get her. <laughs> he said it so fast. <laughs> and, I was, wa- and I was like, I don't know if I believe you because you didn't say it in time. Because I wanted the credit of predicting it. And then later on, when she had her arm out, it grabbed her, and I, I got that one right. You did. Good. I totally won. Three points for Daniel. Thank you. Anyway, back to what I was really <laughs> talking about. Um. In the Fruit of Marriage podcast, I think we talked about how, like, we've we've always been very excited for having children in the kind of way that that um, that vocation and the way the parenting will make us into whole holier people, and how like that was a big motivation for us with getting married and wanting kids. And I kind of came to the realization this past week that even though I have been excited for that, I have not lived it out and that um I've been holding on to myself a lot um which is probably a very common problem but I've been doing it so much that um it definitely needed to be addressed and uh I just haven't embraced that like part of our vocation and I've been really holding on to all the things that I can control and that I am and so um, and all of the things that keep me from the Lord. And those things especially are like impatience, uh, being quick to anger, and laziness. Um, and with the new, like, in case you missed last podcast, uh, we Daniel and I are pregnant with our second child. Holly's pregnant. Okay. We. I know you could say we are expecting. But we, we are expe- expecting. We are pregnant is technically incorrect. We are expecting our second child due in February, which we are very excited about. Um, uh, but I kept worrying that like I can't do this. I can't have another baby because I can barely I can barely take certain moments with Jack. That like what what am I gonna do whenever like those moments are magnified times two with two kids? And if I don't have enough energy with Jack right now, like how am I gonna do it with two? And how am I gonna be able to do? two children with 
all of these issues that I have right now? Well, the fact is that like where I am right now is not where the Lord wants me to be. And that like he's with this new baby and especially with Jack, like the Lord is calling me to be a holier person. He's calling me to, to deal with these issues of uh, frustration and quick to being quick to anger and not uh, being temperate, not having temperance with my passions. Um, and I have been holding on to those and like, that's not the, the state of who I am. Like those are not permanent issues that I'm going to have and that are going to keep me from being able to have more children and being able to deal with them with grace and holiness. Um, those are things that the Lord is calling me to address. And so uh, I need to change and I need to use these experiences that the Lord's giving me, like with Jack and with these tests that Jack gives me to like work on my patience and to work on my uh, not getting angry or anything like that. Um, I need to use those experiences as learning experiences and not excuses just to use those temperaments uh, that I struggle with. And so, um, so just so to make sure I'm following, you're saying that instead of allowing the like sort of natural consequences of parenthood and the vocation of marriage to, um, help you to build virtue and to kind of purge those, um, for lack of a better term, those vices that you're holding on to, you've kind of held on to them a bit. And you're, that was worrying you, but you're realizing now that you're still called to let those go and to let the Lord um, kind of take those things from you. Exactly. Right. So it's not so much of how am I going to do this with two kids as it is I need to allow the Lord to help me figure out these problems now. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, the issue, how am I going to do it? this with two kids isn't an issue because I shouldn't be dealing with these petty little things right. to start how, with. Right. Instead of saying, if I get so frustrated over this with one child, how am I going to do it with two? It should be, I shouldn't be getting over frustrated with this at Exactly. All. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, and so I've been focusing for a long time on those certain, on those issues, like being impatient um, and stuff. And just like looking at those sins, like I really need to be less frustrated. I need to be less quick to anger. I need to, you know, I've listed them out a couple times. Um, but what I really needed to do was to get to, to the bottom of it and to like really seek the, with the Lord, like what, what is leading me to all of this? And I've come to like, just, there's like, I won't get into that cause it's not as important, but it is like mom guilt and feeling shame for certain like decisions that we've made, even though I feel confident in those decisions, just because of, you know, uh, the fear of what people think of me is a big part of it. Right. And so like, and just general second guessing, like, was this really the best way to do this or to introduce this food or some like kind of small things, but taken all together, you kind of just second guess everything you've done with your child so far. Right. And it's kind of, nerve-wracking and terrifying and mm-hmm. not productive at all not productive in the least um so it just leads to self-destruction pretty much because i'm just constantly doubting myself and uh feeling guilty for things that i don't need to feel guilty about and like making up situations that aren't even relevant so that got daniel and i both thinking as we were talking about that um 
about just like the value of knowing your faults mm-hmm. and of not like wallowing in the issues and wallowing in the guilt, but to say like, this is where I am and this is where I need to get, get going or move forward. This is the way I need to move forward. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, um, there was, I was in discussion with someone over like suffering and pain and guilt and they're saying, um, basically, I don't think we're supposed to have these things. They're sort of like a result of sin or corruption or whatever. Um, and my response was to kind of relate sin and guilt to um, like your body and pain. So if you accidentally cut yourself, um, your body, it hurts in that area. And the reason it hurts is so that your your body will know that something's wrong there and needs attention. Because if you didn't ever feel pain, you could, you know, cut your foot open and keep on walking and it could get infected. It could bleed. If it was a bad enough cut, you could lose a lot of blood. And if you never knew that was an issue, you wouldn't attend to it. And there's actually a medical condition where you don't feel pain and they have to be very careful um, whenever they do anything. Because if they accidentally, like, cut themselves or like have a bruise and they don't feel it they don't know to get it treated right and it's like a very um life-threatening condition for them to have so i think sin and guilt kind of function in a similar way like when you're um when you recognize that something has been sinful or caused pain um it's kind of a clue for you to address that so if you feel really guilty about something you've done um it's sort of an indication to you to search that, you know, go back to that situation, figure out what happened, like where were you at fault, what happened in that situation. And why did you make that decision that you made or whatever? Right, and we're not, yeah, it's not, sins don't make us feel bad just because God wants to punish us. Like they're there because it's not who we really are. and there has to be kind of a signal that says, this is not who you are. This is painful. This, whatever you've done causes harm to you and to your relationship to God. And there's a situation that needs to be addressed. Right. So I think that's a good way of, if people are kind of struggling with what sin is, because can, it can kind of be an abstract concept. And um, you also can kind of um, become not immune, but like used to the pain that comes from sin and not recognize it anymore, just with anything can get used to it mm-hmm. um it's very dangerous so it's it, it it can be it it is helpful to be attentive to those things that cause you pain and to recognize where where there's sin in your life and seek to um to remedy those right and i have really loved since coming into the church the um examination of conscience the practice of that mm-hmm. and to do regular examinations of conscience um can you give a good definition of an examination of conscience? Sure. It's um, basically just reviewing. Usually, most often, it's before confession, and you kind of review the past, however, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before your last, since your last confession. Like, what have you done wrong? What's, what, what are your sins? What is, what are some areas you need to improve? And you basically just look back over your life, and see where you've fallen short, like where you've been successful where you think you need to improve. And also this is um, sort of supposed to be a prayerful experience. So often yes. you ask God to help you to sort of search yourself to know your sins so that you can 
but be aware of them and ask forgiveness and experience God's forgiveness and mercy for those. Um, so the one before confession is probably the most common one. There are some like daily ones. Um, like I think members of Opus Dei do a daily examination of conscience. Um, the Jesuit examine is a big part of their spirituality where I think it's once a day or twice a day, like maybe once at midday, once at night, they'll do it sort of a mini one over the course of the day and say, where have I fallen short today? Where have I excelled? Where do I want to go with the rest of this day? Mm-hmm. I think it's really healthy to do a regular one. Daily is great um, if you're able to do that, but like weekly or every couple of days, um, you know, whatever is best for you. Sorry, our air just turned on in case you hear it. Um, but it it helps you understand and helps remind you that we are all sinners and that we sin regularly, we are not perfect, and that uh, it just reminds you of the very important fact that we need Christ. We need our Redeemer and that we are not, we are not okay on our own. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that, like just to bring us back down to say like, okay, I'm not all that. I need someone else to come in because I keep falling short. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually if you look hard enough and you um, make a prayerful experience, you find that the root is beyond those sins. So if you are very impatient with someone and you keep losing your temper with them, if you really pray through that experience, look at what those moments were, you'll find that there's something beyond that. Um, and I think ultimately, like everything else is kind of a theme of our podcast, is it all boils down to... Um, to Jesus and your relationship with him. I think if you dig hard enough in any one issue, you're going to find that there's an area in your relationship with the Lord that's lacking, whether it's um, love for, or like love or compassion for the poor or those who are your enemies. Like there's probably some base issue that's connected to your relationship to Christ that is not um, kind of being fully supported that's leading to this sin. And to... Like, that's exactly what I was about to say, that, like, if we only look at the sins themselves and know deeper, we can't get to the root of the problem. And so what we need to do is to go into prayer with Christ and ask him, like, why do I keep struggling with this? Mm-hmm. And he will show you. Um, and he will reveal to you those things in time. It took me a while to understand that the sins that seem to just be like outward sins were actually the root or coming from a a bigger issue. Um, And it took a lot of prayer. And I was going to mention journaling um, is a really great way to see like common threads to say like, okay, I keep struggling with this one thing. Why do I keep struggling with this one? Yeah. And I think, um, again, a second theme for our podcast is balance and temperance. (laughs) So, it's I I think personally me I tend to focus on like the bigger picture things and with I know with like my confessions I go very like broad and not vague but like say I'll say like I've been um, kind of like selfish and self-centered rather than saying like I did this this and this and I think that can also be kind of detrimental to not also focus on the like singular instances because I'd also like, I could just say I'm being selfish, but if I don't really look into, um, 
that that selfishness makes me uh, lose my temper with Holly or not volunteer to help out with Jack or put my needs before others if I don't also recognize and remember that concrete instance of how that affects the people in my life I can lose that part too so I think it's very important to kind of maintain both ends of the spectrum to say this is a fault in me that's stemming from um, you know my lack of trust or lack of full fidelity to the Lord but it's also affecting my family in this way and I think when you see that full thread um, it's really easy um, to allow Christ to fix that right and I think for most people they maybe start with that specific instance and work back I think I'm better than everyone else <laughs> like oh, I can man. just start back here um, but it's not, I should mention that too that it's kind of um, we don't need to we shouldn't only focus on one thing or the other right because I if I'm lose my temper with Holly and I say all right I'm only gonna I'm gonna focus on not losing my temper with Holly but then I'm like yelling at everyone in traffic and I'm being condescending to my coworkers, and I'm not addressing like the overall selfishness or whatever it is that's causing the uh, my behavior I'm not gonna fix that I'm being right. nice to Holly but I'm a jerk to everyone else right I mean and in reality all of us can walk into the confessional and say for the past however long I've been selfish mm-hmm. and that could be your like if you wanted it that, that well could be, be your whole yeah. confession but it doesn't really do anyone good mm-hmm. so like you gotta you gotta say like it came to fruition in this way that way and that way because or lack of fruition came to bad fruition fruition's fruiting like bearing fruit so I guess it could be fruition okay <laughs> you <laughs> it, and your it, words it manifested itself manifested itself um in all of these different ways and that is fruitful for one to know Mm -hmm. um because you can make those daily changes to help fix the root of the problem Mm -hmm. too because you can say like you being mean to me or being selfish with me or you know getting angry with me um and fixing that issue could help you in like the scheme of things to like get to be less selfish Mm mm-hmm and to look at it as this is me trying to be less selfish. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That was so. a little confusing. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> Did you have anything more on that? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So um, it definitely looking beyond the sin themselves is helpful like, yes. on both ends, um, the specific end and the general end. Um, and also I think, part of the experience that gets lost is allowing God to help you through that process um, and just praying that God um, just like opens your eyes and your hearts to, the, to where you've fallen short I, Holly and I both um, make a point to list like write out our sins and I'm always um, surprised which lets you know how highly <laughs> I think of myself is when I write it down how many sins there are because oh, no. <laughs> I'm like in my head I'm like oh, okay maybe like these five or six and I write them out and like oh more and more keep coming um, and I think that's part of asking God to really um, to help you to find these things not so yeah. you can be like oh I'm so terrible such a sinner dragging my like four pages of sins into the <laughs> confessional but like it it helps you to know that like and you need to sometimes you need his help to look at a situation honestly mm-hmm. and like truthfully right and sometimes, like, I'll walk in with my list, but I'll have prayed, like, Lord, make sure that this is a good confession. And he'll reveal to me to think, he'll 
Reveal. <laughs> reveal to me today. <laughs> He'll reveal things to me in the confessional that I had not thought about for like weeks. Mm. I'm like, oh, geez. Like, thanks for making this a good confession because you reminded me of something real mm-hmm. that I would have forgotten about. So, yeah, sometimes you need his help or else you forget. Yeah, that's true. Um, but another benefit of allowing God into that, to that initial process is that you are then more easily able to offer those things up to God. So if God's there with you saying like, well, there's also this part, this part needs fixing. And like when you're in communion with God and in prayer, it's kind of like, yes, this needs to be fixed. Take this up, Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we should, that's the, should be the end result of of knowing your sin is offering them up to God so that all of your brokenness and your weakness is um, lifted up to God and it's made new and it's made clean um, in Christ through his mercy. Right. It's taken up to the cross and Mm -hmm. done away with. Done away with. It's not done. It's not done away with. That's another point I wanted to make is that um, it's, Sorry, <laughs> I was trying to think of the best way to phrase it. Um, is Jesus is never going to just be like, you're, all right, you're broken. Ne- next, like, just get rid of you and do it again. Um, anything that's lifted up and that Jesus takes up to himself is redeemed. You know, all of creation is redeemed and all, everything is assumed with Christ. So that if you bring him your selfishness, your self-centeredness, your... Um, bad temper, your quickness to anger, if you lift that up to him, he's able to take that and transform that into something that you can use that's good. Because it's not just your selfishness, it's sort of, I don't know, there's so, got to be some sort of corresponding characteristic um, that needs to increase within you. So if you lift up your selfishness, Jesus can turn that into um, compassion for others, or selflessness. Okay. So, so that corresponding virtue can be um, brought out more from you by lifting up this other end, you know? Right. You're kind of like lifting up this unbalanced scale and Christ is balancing it again. Okay. Does that make so sense? So why, why couldn't I, like if it's been redeemed and in the sense of like something that's been weighing me down in the sense that like sin weighs you down mm-hmm. and hurts your relationship with Christ and in confession and absolution that that weight is lifted why can i not say that it has been this okay so i would say again this is no one no one quote us in your theology papers excuse me but the the sin is forgiven but the memory of it isn't wiped away like you still remember those sins and you still learn from them and grow from them yeah and there's sort of um there's a grace to like we've been saying, remembering and knowing your sins so that you can do better. Yeah. So th- that, and there's also still the temporal punishment from that sin. So if yeah. I'm a jerk to you, and I've been a jerk to you every day for the past week, and then I have a confession, I'm forgiven for those sins, I'm still going to sense some hostility from you, and there's still going to be that consequence of sin. Darn straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I think allowing that sin, us to remember them, you're, we're able to fix it. And to know, like, oh, where I'm not just thinking, oh, Holly's a jerk now. I can know, like, oh, I was a jerk to Holly all last week. That's why she's acting like this. I need to fix that with her. Okay, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
that's kind of not a, sort of a tangent. Mm-hmm. I was more saying that anything we lift up to Christ is made new and like in the light of his face is made good. Like in the sense of um, sexuality. If you've been sexually immoral, God doesn't blot out your sexuality. He makes it new. So like yeah. there's nothing that's um, in itself bad or um i see what i'm saying saying. Mm -hmm. so if you've committed a sexual sin and you lift that up god isn't just gonna like say like oh well no more sex for you ever he's gonna help you to um like allowing jesus into that part of your life is gonna help you to not sin in that part of your life i see i see or if like um you have you run a business and you why are you smirking at me I told you twice that I get it. I know, but, but I didn't want to just... You can keep saying it. I feel it. like we always go the sexual route, but there's other things too. Okay. Um, well. So if you have a business and you've been conducting your business immorally, it's not that you need to stop conducting business, but when you allow Jesus into that, that business is going to become a force for good and a force for spreading the gospel. Got it. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. Good. Um, no, I'm glad that you made that point. But, Sorry. Can I just keep talking? Just keep gonna, going. You want just, just, just go, go lay down or something? I will. <laughs> um, but the idea of Christ as light that dispels darkness, I think, is a really, really, really great way of thinking about um, how grace works in our lives. And it's another one where we can kind of um, stop at the metaphor and be like, oh, Christ is the light of the world. And we're kind of like, oh, that's so beautiful. He's like a light. Like, it can see him from anywhere. You know? Yeah. And it can be kind of like, too poetic and we lose the meaning of what it is is that like when you what does light do it dispels darkness like there throughout the universe there's darkness except for those things that give us light so the sun emits light and we can see from it like i've always you've always when we talk about christ as light i've always really appreciated that you pinpoint that like darkness is not a thing in itself it's just the absence of light. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all it needs is light right. to be and dispelled. And it's clean. Yeah. So if there's, you know, some dark part of yourself, all it needs is the light of Christ and it's and that darkness is gone. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, that's just a dark corner. Nothing can fix it. So, like, right. when you allow Christ into all of these aspects of your life, um, whether it's how you behave at work, whether it's how you behave with your friend, Like, we have we'll all have different parts of life that we kind of compartmentalize and we can have the part of us that goes to mass or the part of us that hangs out with our family. And we can kind of be afraid to let Christ into all of those aspects because I guess we'd be afraid that those, those aren't compatible. Like, Oh, there's no room for Jesus in this part of my life where I go and hang out with my friends at this bar. But if you bring Christ into that situation, it makes that sort of the best situation it could be. Right. Which may be difficult, which may be hard, which may not be what we want but it's still making that part good. Does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, and there's, I don't know what that verse is, but it said, it's in like John. Oh, you're going to lose in? your Catholic card. I know. You're going to take it back. Steal all my points. <laughs> um, I think it's in John 1 where it says like, and he was the light and the darkness hated the light. Right. And it would not be overcome by darkness or something. Yeah. It's in the first chapter of the gospel of John. Yeah. But that, the point that, like, dar- the darkness hates the light. Mm-hmm. Like, where I've been in this past year with all of this stuff, like, dealing with this new 
adventure of parenthood that's like dealing with all like like I've heard sorry not I'll get there (laughs) (laughs) just give me a minute um with parenting it just it brings to light all of your flaws into Mm. a much bigger it like magnifies all of your flaws like I've always been impatient but I've never seen it come to light for lack of a better word uh as largely as I have in the past year mm-hmm. with Jack, because I've never been in a situation that would try my patience as much as a baby does, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I've really not wanted to see t- the light. Like I haven't wanted to, I haven't wanted to let the light in to like fix those things or to, uh, let's see. Um, I haven't wanted the, I haven't wanted to let Christ in. I mean, like that's, that's the mm-hmm. base of it all. I haven't wanted to let Christ in because I wanted to stay where I was to stay like the person that I was. And it's funny for me to think that like we were excited to have kids because we wanted to be this like purgatorial kind of. Yeah. We're like, these kids are going to make us holy right. one way or another. I mean, honestly, I was like, oh, it won't be that bad because I'm pretty good already. <laughs> And then to come to the idea of like, no, you s- kind of suck. And you <laughs> you need Christ a lot. It's hard. And so I really did not want to come to that realization. But here I am a whole year later being like, no, yes, I need a lot more Christ here. And I need to change a lot of what's going on. Yeah. And the idea of um, parenting or marriage having like a purgative aspect, like it does in a sense, bring out the worst in you right? because that needs to be brought to light for you to see that and know to work on it. Right. I always um, say that like, I'm really looking forward to purgatory because like, I'll just sit there and just have it all burned out of me and it'll be fine. (laughs) That's kind of, no, it's difficult because you just see the worst in you brought to light. And you, you have to come to that before you be like, this needs to stop. Like, what right. am I doing? I didn't know I was this selfish or I didn't know I was this attached to this thing. But seeing here, seeing what it's doing, what it's, you know, what choices it's making me contemplate, like, I don't want that. I need to fix it. And that's how it works. It's not magic, as, no. <laughs> as we've learned. Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's painful a lot of times, but it's a good kind of pain in that it points to those areas you need to work on. And, like, it's, I just want to differentiate, like, earlier, Jack, (laughs) Daniel, was saying that, like, darkness is this part of you, and then all you need to do is let light come in, and it's dispelled. And then we also just said, it's not magic. (laughs) I know. But, (laughs) But wait, I was going to, I was going to clarify. And now, hold on. Can I tell you what I was going to say? Sure, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Mine was going to be really good. Is that, to dispel letting Jesus into that part of your life is not going to destroy it. No. It's going to make it better. Because Jesus will always be victorious. Yes. Like the darkness will never win if you let Christ in. Mm-hmm. He will like take this and make it good. Which is what I was Which saying Which is before. what you said before, but the fact that it's like, I just love to say The fact Jesus. that you said it. <laughs> the fact that I said Jesus is victorious makes it so much more powerful. Okay, okay. This is true. It, it makes this pumping true. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something we're both seeing. Um, and there have been moments throughout being a parent, being married, where I've been like surprised at myself for like, oh, wow, I was very selfless in that situation. <laughs> like there'll be times where I'm like, 
oh yeah, I'll just change this. I'll just do all this. You just you just go lay down for a while. And I'm like, am I really saying that? I want to go <laughs> lay down. Um, so there are like points where it's kind of um, easier. And I think there's a lot of grace in those moments where you're... Maybe some, some people have to work on humility. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm like so holy right no, now. No, <laughs> I'm... I meant that like sometimes I'm like I'm surprised I volunteered to do this. I really don't want to do this. I know. Um, so there are some moments like that, but I think um, there's also a lot of moments where you're like, oh, I'm the worst person on the planet. Yeah. And I need to fix this because these people depend on me. Um, having said that, I think there's also a balance, and we like knowing your sins doesn't mean you should wallow in them. And um, feel that you're sort of depraved and like, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. Look at all these sins; they're so horrible. And there's or almost look like, at every tiny little thing as a sin, right? Like becoming scrupulous, right? Um, and there's almost a sort of a pride in that, like, oh, look how horrible I am. God has never seen someone as mm-hmm. horrible as me. He cannot, yeah. And there's like um, all kind. There's despair and pride and arrogance and all everything kind of wrapped up in that. Um, but that's not what we're saying. We're not saying we should. you should all stop and think about how horrible you are. Um, there always has to be a counterbalance of the knowledge of God's mercy. And, and instead of saying, like, I'm so horrible, it's the statement, you know, the internal statement should be, here's where I've fallen short. Jesus, help me to get better. Mm-hmm. Or here are all the ways Jesus is going to help me right. become a better person. Look and, how merciful Jesus is. Right, because that that mercy always has to be there as well. Whenever there's um, sin and um, pain and death, there's Christ with um, redemption and new life and rebirth. Victory. Victory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, I think it's also um, healthy to not go off the other end and say like, oh, well, I'm just perfect. God loves me. I don't need to improve God loves me. Where, who I am. He made me this way. Right. And there's a lot of, um, you can kind of not allow God to help you become a better person. Like, if you are following Christ, there should never be a point where you're like, okay, I'm good. Like, right. I don't need to improve anymore. Like, it should always be continual conversion, continual improvement. Because um, you can never get, in this life, you can never get close enough to Jesus. You can never, um, like, get saturated. Right. Um in uh, this novel, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man by James Joyce. He's, um, it's sort of like a semi-autobiographical novel, and um, when the main character is in school, he um, is, like, writing something. He gets points taken off because, I forget what it is exactly, but instead of writing, um, one can never um, fully, like come close to God or like achieve union with God in this life they write like they write something along the lines of like one can never approach God or like come close to God and like I think in the novel it's kind of meant to show like look how silly this is this boy messed up one word and he you know gets scolded by his teacher but like that's kind of um a super important distinction to make. Like we can always get closer to God. We can never, until we're in heaven, we can never enjoy full communion in the, like, and experience the beatific vision, but we can always improve our relationship with God. We can right. always get closer to him. Yeah. 
Sorry, because... I had to throw a literary reference in there to of course. people are getting too excited and they're like, oh, okay, I'm okay. talking about bring Joyce. it back down. No, um, but that is um, a good distinction to make and to remember. Mm-hmm. It, and that was a good illusion that I made to That's a novel. That was a wonderful illusion. But it is true that we always here on Earth we're always dealing with human frailty and human the human condition of original sin. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that we would just be like completely perfect. Mm-hmm. Only one was perfect. That was Mary and Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. She yeah did not have she did not sin did not have original sin, so she mm-hmm. was fully perfect in being the woman that God created her to be. Mm-hmm. But she her freedom from sin was achieved. Through Christ, yes, sacrifice. We won't get into too much of that theology <laughs> because that's just a different podcast. Right, but none of us are none of us are perfect. You know, Paul says, Saint Paul says, um, all have fallen short in the sight of God. Greeks and and Jews and everyone, we've all fallen short. Um, and that's true. We all like none of us right now can say I don't need to improve anymore. I've reached the pinnacle of holiness. Um, even like if you look at all the great saints, they're always ragging on them not ragging on themselves but always seeking continual conversion and continual um growth in christ and it, it's it's hard sometimes to read the, <laughs> the saints when they're like oh i'm so terrible and you're like but you're so good I know. i'm so much worse than you but um, but that's kind of what you want more and more of jesus like right. that's how you're going to be our that's how you that's how you're going to be our <laughs> that's how you are going to be <laughs> It's late. We're tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the seeking of like being who Christ truly wants you to be and has truly cre- who has created you to be and pursuing that fully and letting Christ take the parts of you that are keeping you from him and to transform them into good. Uh, just that path, like... Just seeking that is good. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I feel like we need like a hip, like after school special trying to reach an urban audience phrase to like sum it up like, no yo sins. <laughs> <laughs> no yo sins, kids. So that you can grow in Christ. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There you go. That sounds great. Put it in some, like, graffiti font. (laughs) (laughs) No yosins. Oh, Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, so. Yeah. Search search for one helpful tidbit through that and do it. (laughs) And get it done. (laughs) All right, I think that means it's time to wrap up. It is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you for um, sending your feedback. We got a couple emails. Um, thank you for the congratulations. Yes, we got some congratu- mm-hmm. congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, she always – I think it's you. What? Sorry. <laughs> you always talk about how if you um, – they should make graduation cards that say <laughs> – That say congratulations on them. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> they really should. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Thank you to everyone who gave us uh, sent us feedback. Um, if you haven't 
emailed us or tweeted us or anything ever, um, send us a note. Let us know you're listening. Um, if you have any... Topic suggestions. Yeah, we're, we're not running out of topics, but we're getting to the point where, like, are people... Do people want to listen to this? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you have anything you'd like to ask us about, anything you think we should do a show on, um, let us know. We would love the help in choosing topics because we want... Um, we want to keep giving y'all stuff that you find useful and not just, you know, stuff we want to talk about. Because yeah. it's also, um, it's a two-sided road, is Holly likes to say. It's a two-way that's, street, guys. Yeah, that's another phrase Holly uh, struggled two, with. Two-sided road. <laughs> um, but please send us feedback, uh, suggestions, any of that. Just let us know you're out there. Um, you can email us at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints, like us on Facebook. Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you want. Oh, yeah. Any yeah. of those. We'll find it. We'll, we'll it'll get, get it. to us. Um, but thank you all very much for listening. Keep us in your prayers. We pray for every one of you. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.